Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third episode of The Soccer Scene in conjunction with Sport and Limerick uh, with myself, Adrian Finnan, and our analysts, Jason and Noel O'Connor. Delighted to be joined by the two lads once again on what is going to be a packed show this evening. We start off by discussing, obviously, the big game, uh, hugely anticipated between Wexford FC and Treaty United, first game of the Electricity League season. We'll also have the lads running the rule over the three other games in the division this weekend. Obviously, with the division layout the way it is this year, there'll always be one team with a free weekend. That's Galway United this week. So we'll be discussing four of those games. And obviously, onto the, the fun side of things as well by the end of it for, for our viewers last year with, with how wrong I got it anyway in particular um, was the table prediction and to add another bit this year that I just missed out on we also will have a table for the predictions of every game as well this season with two points for the correct prediction we're not putting in score predictions it's going to be either a draw or whichever team you'll get two points if you get it right and we'll see who comes out on top at the end of a 32 game slog uh, at the end of the season. Um, with, with all that said, Noel, without further ado, we'll talk about 3 United's trip to Ferry Carrick Park on Friday night. They face Wexford FC. I know yourself, myself and Jason, we're all talking about it in the last couple of weeks. A bit of a revival, a change in the squad uh, with Wexford, with Ian Ryan, bringing in a whole new front line in particular. It'll be a tough game, obviously, as every game in this league is going to be. Uh, how do you see this one going uh, for Treaty? Yeah, tough game. And as you talk about predictions later on, and I, I do think that the two teams that seem to have made the most progress in the off-season, like outside, say, the, the full-time professional outfits are Wexford and, and Treaty. I think uh, both uh, clubs have signed very well. A uh, combination of very experienced uh, players coming in, the likes of Ginny Corcoran going, going to Wexford. Likes of Joe Garman and and the current going to uh, to treaty, you know, and it's 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 often not about money, even though you know it's often spoken about money, but it's circumstances. It's you know the geographical area where you are, you know, players wanting to extend their career in the league rather than dropping down to junior or or Leinster senior league, whatever the case may be. And uh, I think those two teams are going to be the most improved teams in in in, in the league this year. Um, as regards Friday, I think it's a difficult opening for um, for Treaty. I'd say secretly, he, uh, Tommy might have preferred um, a home game for a start because on paper it looks, you know, an easy fixture. But I think, well, we certainly know from experience, and I think particularly this year, if if, if this Wexford team has gelled together, um, they certainly will be uh, formidable enough opponents on Friday night. And uh, I suppose... The flip side of that is I think there's a very good treaty team there as well and certainly very, very experienced. So the fact that it's the first game of the season, we don't really have a huge amount of farm line to go for. I would think that that game will end up a draw. Uh, I think it'll certainly be a very tough and entertaining game. Although you were complimentary about treaty on occasion last year, I'm not sure I'm a bit uneasy about this uh, confidence building from you, Noel, for the start of the season with treaty. But I do agree, obviously, they've made some very good signings as well. Speaking of which, Jason, obviously we'll get your prediction for this as well during uh, this period. We saw the team that started against Killarney, you know, a lot of, of familiar faces there as well, as well as the likes of Joe Garman and in the current. Do you think that that side that we saw last week could be similar? Because we do know that Sean Gearns and Dean George have picked up injuries and they are in a race against time to be fit for Friday. Um, so do you think that firstly that those two players would come straight in if they were fit for Friday? 
Yeah, I think if they're fit, they'll play Adrian, definitely. We've got to look at it both ways. I suppose Charlie Fleming played um, against Killarney. Jack Lynch played against Killarney. Both of them were coming back from injuries. Are they fit enough to start the league game? Are they fit enough to, to play 90 minutes? Maybe that was in Tommy's mind, I suppose, trying to get some minutes into them um, with this week in mind. But look, he has options, as Noel said. He's, he's signed very, very well. Um, and look, they were very, very lucky at times last year, Adrian, with injuries. As I said a couple of times, Sean Gearns went out with an injury and, and Mark Walsh was available. Mark Walsh went out and Sean Gearns was available. And, and they're kind of key pieces for every club, I suppose, throughout the season because while both Wexford and Treaty have signed well, a couple of injuries to key players at key times can really upset your season and it, and it can nosedive it if, if things go against you. So I suppose they're the things that are out of out of Tommy's control, you know, and out of Ian Ryan's control as well. But I'd agree with Noel, it's going to be a very, very difficult game for Treaty. They can't take anything for granted, I suppose, really. And look, while they, he'll play down things and he'll say, look, we're, we're an amateur team and, and things like that. Let's be honest here and now, right from the beginning, Treaty will be looking to get into the playoffs this year. Is that Wexford's goal? I suppose secretly it might be with the players they've signed, but they won't be, I suppose, coming out publicly and saying it. The Wexford have had a, a solid pre-season, Adrian. They have, you know, they've played good opposition. They've played UCD recently, they've played Pats, they've played Rovers, you know, and they've played Shelburne. And and their two strikers, Connor Davis and Aaron Dobbs, have, have got off the mark in pre-season. I think Treaty will be going there looking for a win. Um and look, if they're serious about getting into playoffs and things like that, we know it's the first game of the season, but you want to hit the game, the ground running, I suppose. No one is saying a draw. We're going to go for a treaty win. Yeah, I know that you mentioned Darren Dobbs and Connor Davis there, Jason, and they are two players who, when they came into the league originally, there was a lot of talk about them. It seems to have tailed off a tiny bit for both players, I suppose, on a consistent level. They also have Dini Corcoran now among their books. I know he's, he's aged maybe a bit, but, you know, he'll, he'll still, if he's on form, can be a formidable striker at that level. I suppose, Noel, if you're looking at that, players like that, and then you have Luka Lovic and Conor Barry, so, you know, there, there's threats all over the field uh, for Wexford. No, there is, yeah. And, you know, we spoke about Paul Hunt signing. You know, they lost um, Jimmy Corcoran to uh, to Cork, but then possibly signed a better keeper, albeit a bit like Treaty's keeper, you know, probably lacking in game time the last season or two. But certainly very experienced guy. Um, Larkin Fitzgerald is still there at the back. You know, a massive threat from set plays as well. And, you know, a, a huge experienced guy to have. So... Um, I know Connor Davis from his UCD game, you know, a very, very unselfish player. And maybe he's, you know, he's kudos, if you like, isn't in the amount of goals he scored, it's the amount of work he does and the link play, you know, and how much of a team player he is. So, um, look, they have threats all over the pitch and they certainly finished the season very well. But they lost a few promising players like Jack Moylan, who, uh, who went to Shelburne, who was a real revelation down there. But uh, what they may have lost in youth and skill they certainly have brought in in terms of hard-nosed experience, which is never a bad thing to have in uh, in this first division. Yeah, it is incredibly hard, Jason, to 
analyse any game or predict any game at the, in this league. But obviously, anything can happen on the first games of the season. We don't know what we're facing. We don't know what treaty will be like, even to a certain degree. But I suppose on what you saw against Waterford and what you've heard from feedback, uh, what do you think would be treaty's main strengths, I suppose, in, in where they can get at Wexford? Well, I suppose, look, building on last year and, and the additions they've made, it'll be a solid defensive setup, Adrian, will be, I suppose, the, the way forward for Treaty. We mentioned Joe Garman, if Sean Gearns is fit, you know, they'll be the, the first choice uh, centre-backs. You'd expect Mark Walsh to play, whether that will be right back, because we know Mark is very, very versatile. He can play that position as well. And then you're obviously looking at Callum McNamara maybe in the middle of the field, Lee Devitt. And it'd have to be a position for Jack Lynch in, in this team, in my opinion, you know, because at this level, he's a really, really good player. So I suppose defensively sound has to be um, the beginning, I suppose, for Treaty, looking for, for clean sheets. At the attacking end of the pitch looks a bit more potent this year, Adrian. You know, we haven't seen a whole pile of him in the current, but what we have seen of him, he's mobile. He's big, he's a target man, and he looks fit. Connor Melody is someone that has impressed me during pre-season. He looks fit, he looks like a new player. And Dean George, you'd be hoping, isn't an injury-prone player, Adrian. You know, I'm afraid to say it. He missed a lot of games last year. He got a knock against Killarney, so you're hoping he's available. And, and if he is, he's going to be a very, very good asset, I think, this season. So to answer your question, solid at the back, looking at clean sheets, Solid in the middle of the park and, and looking then Jack Lynch, Connor Melody and the current at the top end of the pitch to, to provide goals and, and set pieces again will be key, I think. And, and that's the approach I think Treaty should, should take this season. You know, we're, we're talking about Wexford. We didn't mention Aidan Freel. He's another very, very good addition for them from Athlone. And Jack Doherty, obviously still there as well. He impressed me last year when I saw him. So again, Adrian, it's not going to be easy um, down in Ferry Carrick Park, but I just think if Treaty's pre-season has been as good as Tommy alluded to and what we saw against Waterford, they could start with a win. Yeah, I certainly agree with you as well on, on the point with Tommy Barrett. He did say that he was not even thinking about league assaults or uh, playoffs, but we knew that was going to come uh, anyway regardless. But um, I suppose... I, myself, I'm going to agree with Noel. I think it may be a draw uh, on the first game of the season. I don't think Tommy would be too disappointed with a draw, but I do agree, Jason, that you know if you do have serious aspirations, I suppose, of, of playoffs, these are the type of games you need to be winning to, to gain that momentum, that three to gain that start of last season. Uh, I suppose, just to move on now to the, the next game that we're going to cover as well, uh, Athlone Town versus Waterford FC. Two very different pre-seasons, Noel, it may be fair to say, in that we don't know an awful lot about Athlone. Uh, they've signed players in the last few days publicly, but we still don't even know their full squad, uh, to be honest, because they've only let out four or five players. One of those actually being Stephen Kenny, who won the first division with Limerick FC and played a year in, in the Premier with Limerick FC a few years ago under Martin Russell. So that's where that connection comes from. In one way, though, without sounding too harsh, maybe on Stephen Kenny, I suppose the, the one fear I'd have for Athlone is, you know, if that is the most high-profile signing that we have seen so far from Athlone, that it will be a struggle. And, you know, with Watford being a full-time outfit and having Ian Morris at the helm, who knows how to win the first division, 
and having, you know, it likes Phoenix Patterson there, who's well thought of, I would say my own prediction would be that it will be a Waterford win. Uh, what do you think yourself? Yeah, it's hard to look beyond the Waterford uh, win. It's certainly brought up before, like, the, you know, the sea change in Athlone in, in, in 12 months. And you're right about the signings, like they've been very, very slow. We've been watching, listening, seeing was there going to be an influx of players, you know, about 10 days ago, they had five or six only on the register, if you like. Um, it hasn't improved dramatically since. And uh, it looks like a real season of struggle for them. Um, you, it may point to the reason why Paul Doolan probably um, left the scene, if you like, um, at, at the end of the, the season and decided travel commitments. And now he's gone to the Irish League. So um, it looks like it's going to be a tough year for... Martin Russell and and the pity for him is like you know probably to if you like a damage limitation setup might do better for them than the ideas that Martin will have or the way he wants to play and I certainly think you can look beyond um, a Waterford win on Friday albeit it's the first game of the season and anything can happen but um, Waterford seem to have all their ducks in the row um, again what Jason was saying about Wexford certainly had a strong preseason as well. The, you know, playing the likes of Dundalk and Bohemians, and it seemed that you know the the weakest team that they put out in the preseason was the one against Treaty um, here in the North Campus in UL there a couple of weeks ago. So it probably showed where where their focus is. Um, I know they had a good two all draw with with Bows as well, and uh, it looks like a team that has way too much experience and a lot of goals in as well. That'll should be plenty good enough to, to take on. Uh, at loan and pick up the three points. Yeah, that's a good point, Noel. I was going to bring that up with yourself, Jason. We did highlight when we saw the Waterford team against Treaty that we did feel it wasn't going to be near what the team that played in the first game of the league season, albeit there was a few players that will be, be there. You know, Waterford, you'd imagine, should not be, considering the experience in the squad, should not be caught for complacency at any time in the season as well. Obviously, as we mentioned as well, Ian Morris has won the league twice in three years too. But he has players like Eddie Nolan and Anthony Wordsworth there who were there last season as well. The club has remained full-time. It looks like all systems go really for an assault. I suppose, in some ways, similar to maybe Limerick FC, it won't be all their own way like that back in the day. But, you know, the, the owner came out and said they're going to remain full-time. It's been very focused pre-season, as Noel also said. So it's very hard to look past Waterford for this. Yeah, we can't look past the major end, you know. You, you mentioned Ian Morris there, serial um, league winner at this level. David Breen, someone who I'm very familiar with, involved in the coaching staff down there as well. And they're very confident, Adrian, going into the season. We know what happened at the back end of last season and, and the change of manager and things like that. So I suppose the owner had to do something very, very positive for the club and for the fans. And, and he did, in fairness to him, by staying full-time um, and retaining some of the squad and, and adding to it. On paper, they look very, very strong. You mentioned Phoenix Patterson. And I suppose when we get to our predictions, that's going to be the key element for all the clubs, I suppose, in this league is can they score goals, Adrian, you know, because that's the difficult part of the game. You know, a lot of coaches and a lot of managers can set teams up to be defensively sound. And we saw that with Treaty last year, but it's at the other end of the pitch. You know, we saw Cork last year, they suffered with, with that element of the game by not scoring goals. And that's the way I'll be looking at teams over the next few weeks is have they got that goal getter? 
I suppose, to, to drive them on and win the close games because that's going to be very, very important. But, yeah, I feel for Martin Russell. He's gone in there. He's taken the job on um, with that loan. Very slow, obviously, a squad coming together. So you question what budget Martin has available to him. But he's a fantastic coach. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, yeah, look, we can't look past Waterford and I expect them to win. Yeah, and just to alternate it somewhat, Jason, we're going to stick with yourself as well for, for the next game. We have Bray versus Cork, or Bray and Teeley, as some people are still calling them at the moment, uh, as they opened their campaign against Cork. We discussed Bray's squad actually in length because of the merger with Kevin Teeley and the fact that they took a, a lot of the players from Kevin Teeley last year too. Uh, it's been a real sea change at, at Bray. Treaty obviously went there last year and got a, an early result, but this is a totally different setup now. Uh, Pat Devlin at the helm as well. We have Cork City as one of the early favourites uh, in the division. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think Cork will get the results. I think it's important that, that they hit the ground running. And, and if you look at their pre-season form, Adrian, it is impressive. Obviously, they were beaten by Pats 1-0. But they drew with Finn Harps. They beat UCD and they beat Killarney. You know, and, and you even delve a little bit more into that. Dylan McGlade, two against Killarney, a goal against UCD. Barry Coffey on the score sheet, Keen Murphy, two goals to his name in pre-season as well. One against Shells and one against Harps. So they're my early favourites, I suppose, Cork, and it's going to be very important for them, Adrian, to hit the ground running. Um, you rightly said we don't know what's going to happen at Bray with the merger. It takes time, obviously, to, to integrate different players into the squad. Do you know, that's a given. Um, no better man, I suppose, really, than, than Pat Devlin to do that. Do you know, and there's still, obviously, the players like Kevin Knight, Devon Massey, do you know, Zach O'Neill. They've added Curtis Byrne, I suppose, to Keir Marty Waters, who both experienced campaigners and, and Keir Marty Waters, the record scorer. There's still goals in him, I'm sure. Curtis Byrne last year with that loan didn't rip it up, but he's capable. There's still a Paul Fox, obviously. Connor Clifford. So, look, they'll be strong, Adrian, but, and I would expect them to be in and around, I suppose, the shake-up at the end of the season, Bray. But I think Cork saw what they needed to add last year. Um, the goalkeeper situation has been addressed. That was an important part for them. Um, that's actually a funny one Jason uh, that was one I was going to bring up with you but that's a Corey Chambers sign during the week and that's the fourth goalkeeper I suppose is that a sign as well though that maybe Mark McNulty might actually be taking a step back this year well look with no disrespect to Mark he's been a fantastic servant to Cork hasn't he you know but um, it needed to be addressed you know Corey Chambers has come in they've Jimmy Corcoran they've David Harrington and obviously Mark is still there as well but I'd like to see Mark possibly go into a coaching role at Cork and, and use his experience for the club, Adrian, you know. But as I said, that was a big area for them to address and they have done that. Ali Gilchrist coming in at the back will make him very, very solid, I think. Very good performer last year for Shelburne. And then they've real quality, I think, in, in the wide areas, don't they? They've added James Dunas, Matt Lowen. He was very impressive when he came to the markets field. They've Dylan McGlade. Who I know you'll say is very hit and miss, but I'm a fan. I really am. And they're two wide players that can be exciting. Barry Coffey, I think it's going to be a big, big season for him. And Alec Byrne is a player that I'm, I'm very familiar with. He's come through the ranks. 
with Cork City. He played in their Kennedy Cup teams and things like that. You have Keane Coleman, Aaron Bulger. And at the top end, then Keane Murphy, as I said, has, has hit the ground running. So I would expect Cork City to start the season with a win, Adrian. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I saw you smirking at that one, Noel. It was a strange one when I saw Corey Chambers signed as well. It's four goalkeepers for Cork City in the, in the first team squad. But it did leave, make me believe that Mark McNulty would finally be, although we've been saying that for about two or three years now at this stage. Um, you know, I suppose the other side of it is, Jason mentioned Keane Murphy there has, has scored two goals pre-season. That's one thing I suppose that people will still have a doubt over on consistency levels. If Cork City though can get Keane Murphy or maybe a Rory Keating or a firing on all cylinders, you know, you'd imagine they'd be right up there. But for this game, I suppose it's the concentration for right now, Noel. Do you think that Cork can come away from the Carlisle grounds with the win? I do. And I was laughing at Martin McNulty because obviously uh, he was there in my time as as a reserve keeper. But I see. I didn't want I to bring it up that... as if it was that long ago. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> And he actually featured in a few of the preseason games as well, where he came on in the second half. And I was wondering how did Jimmy Corkin feel about that? Because they started the game with David Harrington and then uh, Mark Madrulli came on at half time. But look, the fact that Corey Chambers has come in as well, it's certainly muddied the water for more than Mark, Mark McNulty, I think. But uh, we, uh, we'll see how that develops. Um, I do, I'd be, I'd be confident that Cork will win. Um, and I expand on Jason's point. I think he's right about Dylan McGlade, and he is a super player. And you know, I think the fact that he was inconsistent was more to do with Cork. And I think he's the kind of player that, if his team is dominating more in a game, I think you'll really see a lot more of him, or you know, a lot more goals and assists. And I think that's going to happen this year. You know, in fairness to him, I think he needs to be playing in a a stronger team or a team that's that's more dominant and you'd expect Cork to be more dominant in their matches this year. And, you know, he, he probably will add to his scoring tally and creating as well. And I think that Barry, that Barry Coffey certainly a key, uh, a key sign in for them, if you like, because he came on loan and now they have him for the season. He's going to be a very big player in this division, you know, coming from where he came from, um, he'd be determined to do well. And I think he's a, uh, he is a step up in class in, in 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 terms of what you generally see in the first division. So I would expect um, Cork to be strong. I think they'll be under a bit of pressure at home. I still talk about that, the kind of pressure that is in Cork all the time, you know, to to win every week, to not be in the first division, if you like. I don't think I don't think any other team will kind of suffer, if you like, more than Cork, and that might just hamstring them a little bit, but in, in terms of the weekend, I think they're certainly going to be good enough to pick up the three points there. Yeah, the Barry Coffey signing was absolutely huge. Totally agree with you on that. Actually, have Cork down for, for the win as well on that one. But just to stick with yourself, Noel, for the, the Longford game, that'll be on Saturday night. I think Longford are the only side this year that'll be playing Saturday's Cove have reverted to, to Friday evenings after the new season as well. Longford coming down from the, the Premier Division, you know, there's, they've kept a few players. They've obviously lost a few, the likes of Ave Durvin as well, uh, Arno Driscoll, Bo and Shelburne uh, as well. But they also have Sam Verdon uh, up front as well. So we've discussed Cove as well in, in pre-season. Inexperienced-looking squad for Cove. I suppose hard to call, really, in, in what way it's going, going to go. Longford at home, I, I was edging just because of the home advantage, really, for, for Longford for the victory. What do you think yourself? Yeah, we kind of agree. They they brought four or five players in in from Bray as well, who who travelled with the manager. Um, if you like, I 
they always seem to have a good connection with Shamrock Rovers and get a couple of really good players, you know, who are just about to make the breakthrough for for experience. And uh, they're kind of more used to being relegated, if, if you like. I don't think it affects them as, as much as it can affect other clubs. It's not exactly a shock to the system for for Longford to be to be relegated, and they're and they're normally strong enough the following year. And uh, I expect them to be one of the stronger clubs in the division, and certainly plenty strong um, enough to pick up a win on on Saturday night. I agree with you with Cove. I think they're they are callow enough. They've lost a couple of experienced guys as well. And uh, as I said. In a previous podcast, I think they need a, a strong Cork City team in in the Premier League for you know for Cove to be strong. Certainly, isn't the case that the moment they seem to have a lot of young players about guys who obviously will be delighted to get the chance. But I I can't see them having a massive impact in the division this season, and certainly not on on Saturday night either. Jason, are we going for a trio of Longford wins? We are, Adrian. You know, I think I'd agree with Noel there. I think Cove are going to struggle. This year, even more so than last season. And and Longford, look, are, are a club we don't know a whole pile about, let's be honest. You know, we said it last week, they're a bit of a yo-yo club. And I'd agree with Noel that it probably doesn't affect them as much as other clubs when they do get relegated. So it'll be interesting to see how they start the season. But I said it last week, I think their home form will be key. It really will. Um, and I think they'll certainly start with a win against Cove at the weekend. Well, there you have it. We'll certainly see how we all fare out uh, next week in the first table that we will introduce, I suppose, after the predictions for league. And now we're on to what separates the men from the boys, I suppose, in terms of the league table predictions. Uh, it certainly did last year. I know Noel O'Connor came out on, on top there and, and he hasn't let us forget it. Uh, since now, I'm only messing up. Um, but you know what way we've tried to discuss it, I suppose, is we'll start Noel. Uh, with the bottom teams uh, in the division. I know people won't want to hear too much of what I have to say, but I'll be putting in my tuppence worth at some stage anyway. But we're going to start with the team in ninth and eighth position that you believe will be in ninth and eighth position for the season. Um, shout away, I suppose. Yeah, well, you could toss a coin ninth and eighth or eight to nine, but I think it, uh, they'll be occupied by um, Athlone and Cove. Um, I probably could see Cove being at the bottom because you never know. Like the the thing that's hard to predict with Cove or Athlone is that what happens in the in in the window, and often when things are going really bad, someone comes up with a few quid from somewhere where they get a couple of players in, and you know the fortunes raise. And we actually saw that last year with Paul Doolan coming in and a couple of players coming in with him. So you know, on the, on the balance of that, I I can't see anyone else being down there except for for Cove in ninth and Athlone in eighth. Yeah, I have the exact same in that order. Cove ninth at loan eight. Will that be the same for yourself, Jason, or is there going to be the cat among the pigeons? No, no, I think it's obvious for everyone, Adrian, you know, that, that that's going to be the bottom two. Um, Martin, obviously, we say it's going in at, at loan. It doesn't look like there's a budget there. It's very last minute. And Cove, obviously, unless they really become... Um, hard to beat, which I don't think is the mantra down there. I think they're going to suffer big time. So, COVID ninth and that loan and eighth for me as well, Adrian. Yeah, whatever about the top positions and the two bottom positions in this league, 
the, the middle part of the table was one that I think many people that I've spoken to have struggled with in terms of calling who's going to finish where. For my own uh, decision, I've actually went with Wexford to finish seventh. I know they finished bottom at last season. We have discussed how they've improved the squad an awful lot. I just don't know with the, I suppose, the competitive nature of the squad, if the amount of players that they've brought in would be sufficient to jump up four or five places in the division, into the playoff places. So I had them in seventh place. And I've actually went for Longford Town in sixth. I don't know about that one, really. It was kind of between themselves and Bray, I thought, for the playoffs. And I just thought I'd with Longford, maybe, as Noel said, I was thinking about the fact that maybe relegation doesn't affect Longford that much anymore. And Gary Cronin has managed to get Bray squads into the playoffs on a regular basis. But look, it was almost a toss of a coin. I went for Longford myself. Jason, your own seventh and sixth positions to miss out on the playoffs. Yeah, same as yourself, Adrian. That's the way I've went. I've went Wexford seven and, and Longford sixth. Um, look, they could swap positions um, in that uh, final table, I suppose, but I don't think either of them will push into the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see, I suppose, how, how the Bray and Kevin Teeley merger um, works out, I suppose, on the pitch. But I just feel with Pat Devlin in charge, they'll be good enough to to sneak into the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, agreeing with yourself, Adrian, definitely, that the next two on the table, I suppose, is um, Wexford and Longford. Yeah, Noel, unless you have two different picks, it feels like the Titanic. If, we are, if one goes, we'll all go with the way the predictions are going so far. But uh, who have been your own selections for seven and six? Yeah, well, I will go for a little shake-up there. And um, I've gone for Bray um, to come seventh. Um, I hear Jason, he obviously has a little doubt in his head, a little pebbling issue about the break having TV merger, and uh, I have as well. Um, I'm not so sure it, it's going to be a roaring success. Um, and I think some of the players that left Bray are going to be a big loss. And I do agree that Pat Devlin is a very experienced campaigner, but I think that there's an awful lot of of the jigsaw that needs to be sorted out and I'm, and I'm not so sure that um, it's going to happen all all in one season. So from that point of view, I'm, I'm going with Bray in seventh and uh, I'm going for Wexford in sixth. Um, I certainly think they are going to improve, you know, from bottom. Um, I think to go up three or four places is is is, is a real, a real big, um, a big ask for anyone. And uh, I think they're, they're capable certainly of, going into that sixth and I, and I think that they will cause a few upsets um, on the way this um, this season. Yeah, and we're working our way now into the playoff situation, something we didn't even have treaty near last year, but obviously judging by what we've said so far, we do have treaty in the playoff mix uh, this season, Jason. How, who's been your selection for fifth and fourth place respectively? So based on obviously what I've said so far, Adrian, I think it'll be brain fifth. Um, and Treaty in fourth, I just think Tommy has has put together a, a better squad this season than he had last season. But to flip that over, I suppose, last season they were the surprise package. And I do think they caught a lot of teams and clubs by surprise last year. They weren't expecting a whole pile from Treaty. They didn't know the players that Treaty had out on the pitch. That's gone now. People are very familiar now with the Mark Walshes, the Sean Gearns and and people like that, and they'll know how effective they can be. Um, but look, they'll need to be, I suppose, as I said earlier, lucky with, with injuries. 
can't afford the amount of suspensions that they got last year. They were kind of lucky on that front as well with the timing of, of those suspensions. Um, look, myself and Noel are in agreement about Bray. It's a toss of a coin, really, will they get in there? But I just feel with the experience that they have off the pitch, even on the pitch, you know, they've added experience. They really have. And they still have some some good players. So I think Braille sneak in, in in fifth and treaty in fourth. Yeah, I actually have Bray and Treaty in that order as well, Jason. I do feel that Bray left me down massively last year when I had him up as high as, I think it was second, maybe third, I'm not so sure. But, you know, as you said, they've had a lot of experience and if they can get the likes of Kieran Waters and Rob Manley firing like they had in the past with Kevin Teeley, then, you know, that might be enough to, to get them over the line. Treaty, uh, similar to yourself in, in that respect. Noel, obviously you're not going to be the exact same in, in, in that way, but who have you went for fifth and fourth? Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. With Treaty being in fourth, you picked up on my confidence for them earlier in, 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 in the podcast. I think they're a very well-balanced team now. I think the the caveat is we're not sure how Jack Brady's going to go on goals. Is he going to be a, a, as good as Ty Ryan? Um, hopefully, he, he won't have to be as good in many ways. And uh, the right-back position, I think, is one that kind of it kind of it reared its ugly head if you like a few times last season and um Jason mentioned uh Mark Walsh to go there. I know Stephen Christopher played there in the match as well. Charlie Fleming is still around. I think how 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 that goes um will dictate a lot in how well they do. But you know outside that I think they have a strong of first eleven with everyone fit as most teams in the league and they certainly be be a handful for anybody in, in a different way maybe to the way some of the other clubs will approach the game. So I've gone to Treaty and Fort. Longford, as I said already, I think they have a nice compact squad. They're going to have a bit of quality in it. Um, you know, they'll be under no pressure. There'll be no expectation there. Um, they have a manager who, as you said already, has got his previous employers into the playoff. And uh, Saturday night in Longford, you know, their home record should be really, really good. And from that point of view, um, I had him getting in ahead of the the other nearly ones, if you like, of of, of Bray and Wexford in fifth. I'm moving on now to the to the business end, and I suppose the the famous full time clubs uh, in the the first division. You have your your Galway, Cork, Waterford access. We haven't mentioned yet. Um, I know from from my own perspective, I have Galway in third. Um, I I was. Surprised, I suppose, with how long it took certain players to get over the line. I was also surprised with the fact that Evan O'Connor and Ed McCarthy had went to Galway, I must say, in the pre-season campaign. I didn't see that coming as well. Um, but because of how well they had played, particularly in the second half of last season, how uh, solid they were as well. And the fact that I think maybe the likes of Francilia Lombato will add uh, an extra dimension to him. And maybe Jordan Adiemo, it's hard to know yet. He's had a decent pre-season. I'm going to put them in third position. And the top two was really, I, I, I didn't know where to go. I went for Cork to finish second in the division because I wasn't so sure on whether they'd get goals on a consistent uh, basis, uh, to be honest with you, even though there's no better place when things are going well than Turner's Cross. Uh, Jason to play our football there's, there's no doubt about that I think I know where your allegiance lies in terms of for Cork but what uh, have you went in terms of third and second position yeah I know I'm not going to endear myself to, to Kevin Coyley and Darren Noonan 
or the Blue Army, but for me, it's Cork City to win the league. Um, I just think they've got quality all over the pitch. As I said earlier, that they've rectified the goalkeeper situation. They've strengthened right up the spine of the team. As I mentioned, Danny Gilchrist, you know, he's he's going to be huge for them. And, and in the middle of the field, they have creativity and they have workers. Um, and I think they have goals, Adrian. I do. Um, I think Keane Murphy's a year older this year. Um, they have Dara Crowley, they have Rory Keaton, as you mentioned. So look, it's Cork City first for me. Uh, Waterford, um, a close second. And I think Galway will finish in third. I just think they didn't impress me overly last year. They didn't. I think goals will be a problem again. I take your point on, on Francili Lambato. And I'm a fan, don't get me wrong, and he has that pace. Um, will he partner Wilson Aweru? Will he be a 4-4-2? We know it'll be direct from, from John Caulfield. Um, but I just think the resources, um, Ian Morris in, in Waterford, um, I'd give them to nod to finish ahead of Galway. Um, and as I said, it's Cork first, it's Waterford second, and it's Galway in third position for me. And Noel O'Connor, it's time for your top three in the Air City League First Division. We suppose we'll start and build up to the, the finale with your 3-2-1 uh, uh, for the league. Yeah, certainly a bit more difficult than last year. I, I feel like there's no one really as clear-cut. I, I thought that Shelburne were very clear-cut um, last season. When you have three full-time teams there, it's it's obviously it's going to be a little bit tighter. Um, I've gone for Galway in third as well. Um, while they have signed a couple of guys and you've mentioned them already, um, you know, if they do score goals, I, I think they'll certainly do very, very well. But I think they're, you know, at the moment, it's just a bit of a gamble. We're not quite sure whether it's going to happen or not. And from that point of view, I, I've, I've gone with them coming third. Uh, my team in second place is actually Cork City and something that I touched on a while ago. I think they will have a great season, but, you know, in terms of expectation and pressure, um, there's certainly a lot more of it on them for uh, for some reason, and even matches that are tight at home, you know, you've got to be able to deal with that crowd. They probably will get big crowds, particularly with the um, you know the ban on the attendance gone, and that you know that brings its own kind of pressure on players to do well. And if 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 they're struggling against you know a team that the fans seem to think that they should be you know two or three nil up early on, it can have a bit of an uh, effect on on a team. Um, and I think that they're going to have to deal with that. It'll be their first time dealing with that um, in in a few years. And uh, I just feel that Wadford have done their business very well. They brought in a manager, as Jason said, who knows exactly what it takes to win. I mean, I don't think the pressure is is as high down there. And I think that you know that they'll want to bounce back. Um, a lot of good characters down there. Jason mentioned Eddie Nolan, Brian Murphy, and goals guys who will feel kind of slighted that they were relegated and will want to put it right. And I think from that point of view, I think um, Waterford are going to end up as champions. Well, there you have it, folks. Back hopefully in November, we'll be looking at this as uh, with fond memories of, of our predictions. I, I, I find it hard to believe I will anyway. I also have Waterford, actually. I don't think I mentioned it, but I also have Waterford, like Noel, to win the league, uh, to put it on record. But we shall see as the season goes on uh, how wrong or right we are. Noel, to, to move on to more Treaty United news that we felt probably was appropriate to go towards the end of the show, but it was announced this morning that Shane Keegan, who would be a well-known manager, I suppose, in the last decade in the League of Ireland with 
Wexford, Galway, and he was involved in, I suppose, it wasn't Shane Keegan's fault, but he was involved in the shambolic situation with Dundalk maybe for the last um, year and a half, it must be said. We, you know, with the departure of Giovanotti, he was brought in because he had had the badges, but he was announced without further ado about me saying as Treaty United's academy lead, or as some people might say, you know, academy director, if you want to put it in a different way today, to work with John Moran and to work with the academy teams, both male and female, for the new season. It has been widely well received, judging by our Twitter and Facebook feeds uh, this evening around the place and, and seen as a bit of a coup. What's your own opinion on this, Noel? Yeah, I suppose, look, uh, we, 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 we spoke here about certain players coming in to Treaty to kind of relaunch their careers, if you like. Um, I think Ender Kern, would be fair to say that. Joe, Joe Garman, who was obviously desperate to play at this level after, you know, what happened uh, our month or six weeks ago, I suppose. And it's the first time we've seen, you know, a coach or a manager in the same situation. And I think uh, it, Shane Keegan certainly fits the bill there. Um, obviously, I, I, I would know him... For longer, um, he managed Wexford soon after um, I departed the scene. Obviously, had a fantastic season, winning the first division, with you know a very local side and a lot of lads that you know that have come through the ranks over the years there, and uh, and led him into the Premier Division. Um, tough season it was always going to be, I suppose. You know, he certainly did blot his copybook at at the end of the season. You know, it was it was very difficult to to accept what was happening. The fact that um, you know, it had been announced between the first leg of the playoff and the second leg of the playoff that you know he'd signed a contract and he was off off to, off to Galway. And you know, it was the main topic of conversation before the team went out on the pitch for the second leg, which was hardly ideal. And I, you know, I just thought it was all so unnecessary. I mean, you know, it could have waited a week for the whole thing to happen and. No one is going to begrudge anyone if you know if 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 they get a chance to go full time, to move on. But I, you know, I think you've got to show due uh, due respect to the club that you were with. And in fairness to Mick Wallace and Sean O'Shea, you know, they gave him the opportunity, like they gave me the opportunity. And I, I, you know, I, I thought they deserved a bit more. Obviously, I was I was very close to the scene there and was disappointed with what happened. You know, so that was Wexford relegated, and you know, he went to Galway. There was a very decent squad there. Didn't work out there either, and. You know, it was it was two relegations in 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 two years, and you mentioned the the mad situation that was happening in Dundalk. I suppose could only could have happened that he went there as the video analysis and ended up as as the manager of the club. So um, look, it's it's a chance for redemption for him. He you know he has all the qualifications and he has all the badges and that, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I'm I'm sure he's happy to be there as well, and it it certainly will give him an opportunity. So, you know, to be back in the scene, if you like, and to be meeting all the the, the League of Ireland family on, on on a weekly basis. Yeah, it certainly will be interesting seeing. I know the majority of seasons outside of the under-14 season, as we know, will be starting in March. Uh, so he'll have to get work, get to work, excuse me, very quickly. Just to finish on a, a bright note in terms of junior football, I know we haven't got a chance to discuss it tonight. We've had a packed show, unfortunately, in that respect. But we will finish by saying congratulations to Region United, Fairview Rangers and Pike Roberts, who all reached the last 16 of the FAI Junior Cup. Hard-fought wins for both regional and Fairview. Pike had a, an easier route as such, with a convincing 3-0 win over at Thai. But they're all in the draw, which will be held at 1 o'clock, live-streamed on YouTube tomorrow with the FAI channel, I believe. 
so all of those clubs are in the draw. There's a lot of games this week in the Munster Junior. You have Prospect travelling to Coachford. You've Crew Park travelling to Drina. You have Ashley Anacoddy travelling to Carrick. And then the All-Limerick clash between Pike and Regional. They'll be sick of the side of each other. This will be their third meeting in four weeks as well. So that'll be a keenly contested affair. And we wish all those sides uh, the best of luck. Um, my thanks once again to both Jason and Noel. It was a packed schedule, a real slog, I suppose, as this first division season will probably be for us and the teams and managers involved uh, this season. But it's been great to hear from, from you guys. And we will continue to bring as best as we can uh, the knowledge that the lads have uh, on a weekly basis. Um, for also, good luck to 3D United, of course, who face Wexford in the first game in Ferry Carrick Park. And hopefully next week we will be discussing uh, 3D United victory in detail and previewing their game with Athlone Town. So thank you very much for joining us.